betting around the rim. I would take the Heat at 2,700 simply because that is a better hedge opportunity than it would mm-hmm. for the Boston Celtics, right? Because if the Boston Celtics win their first round match, I'd be like, okay, we kind of expected that. But now they have to face the Toronto Raptors. Do you really feel good about the Tor- them beating the Toronto Raptors? And my answer is no, simply because the Raptors, whoever has the home court advantage in this situation, you're better off. The Sports Grid Network. Diamond Bets. Acuna is that guy right now who's showing you in fantasy leagues he could be that 30-30 guy because he just did it last year. He's also younger than Mike Trout. Um, but you go back. Do we want to put him as the number one over the track record of Mike Trout? And is it wise to do that? And I think the argument holds water on both sides. The one argument for Acuna overall is saying, hey, you know, this is a guy who's younger. He's going to do it right now. He is going to steal bases this year. The Sports Grid Network. Like as the cat picked on that headache of uh, the player he's become and his attitude and the problems he's had here. Nagakwe could, could help somebody, but they, uh, any, any team that acquires is going the same problem. He wants a new contract. The Sports Grid Network. Fantasy Sports Today. The Ravens were really the more dominant team throughout the course of the 2019 season. Lamar Jackson, people will want to hang this whole playoff thing on him, but I think it was really just a two-week layoff. I think Harbaugh is a great coach. He is a Hall of Fame caliber coach. I think they didn't take Tennessee nearly as serious as they should have. And I think they regret that. (laughs) I just think they thought it was going to be a cakewalk. And this is the thing you have to understand when you get to the playoff. The Sports Grid Network. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gable Renzi, and I'm on the grid, and so is the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's uh, do this thing. It's not just game time decisions. It's race time uh, decisions. It's tea time decisions. It's fight time uh, decisions. We have actually have a lot of decisions to make on the program uh, this evening. The raging redhead, Cam Stewart's ready to rock and roll. Lou from Gamblue.com will step up and in. Uh, tonight we'll talk some UFC uh, with Lou, but we've got a lot of stuff uh, to get to uh, tonight, including the Charles Schwab. Everybody's very excited. FanDuel's got a million and one props uh, posted, uh, like it's a major. Uh, so we've got uh, Charles Schwab. We got UFC uh, on ESPN, whatever the hell is called. UFC ESPN ten. Uh, that's on uh, Saturday. We've got some NASCAR tonight. Uh, what's going on, Cam? Oh, I'm Jack Morenzi. No, you said it, buddy. I, I am so ready for the Charles Schwab uh, Cup. Vinny called me. We got our pool picks in for our big pool, too. He's he's jumping to get jumping. I'll tell you, all these guys that never liked golf before, when there's a little bit of sports, they're getting a taste for everyone that likes to gamble. Mm, you're right, buddy. I got so many bets right now. I got top tens. I got matchups. I got winners. Hopefully, uh, we're going to k- kick some uh, butt this weekend and win some money, and I can get some new clothes, Gabe. Not just BC Lions use gear. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, we all need uh, new wardrobes. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> yes, but that's yes. uh, but but that's uh, that's besides the point. I've been living on the road, and I think I've been wearing the same pair of jeans now for like I don't know, like ten days or something like that. So you know, listen. One thing though, you know, I was in a metal band for years, so I can sort of adapt to this type of stuff. A lot of people it would be a challenge, uh, right? Wake <laughs> up, hotel rooms. All right, we go to this studio, do this, do that show. Uh, but for me, it's just like normal. Like, I realized that as I was standing outside the hotel this morning, like most people's like would think this is kind of a crazy life, but uh, you got to be careful what you ask for, right? We're rocking and rolling Pacific Northwest uh, style. 
Um, so we do have a lot of stuff to get to on the program. There's a NASCAR race tonight, uh, but the big story from NASCAR uh, right now is they've banned Confederate flags yes. uh, from their from their events, like completely. Like if you're a fan, you can't you can't show up with a flag. Uh, it's now it's uh, banned. The presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to the commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment to all fans, our competitors, and our industry. Bringing people together around a love for racing and a community that it creates is what makes our fans and sports special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when, when like fans start showing up with it on a T-shirt or on a hat. Are they going to start like it's going to get pretty political pretty fast? Yet I got to tell you, Cam, you look at a sport like NASCAR. Nobody was expecting NASCAR to make any Black Lives Matter statement, all right? Like, yeah, like, no. Was anybody <laughs> saying, wait, what, what, what's NASCAR think about all this? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, put it this way, Cam. Put it this way. They're not going to gain any fans. It's not like people are going to go, oh, suddenly I support NASCAR now. Yeah. They're going to alienate a lot of their their sort of you know erase some some of their racist fans, so to speak. I'm just saying they have more to lose than to gain by doing this. And people have always sort of taken pot shots at NASCAR over the years. Well, it's just you know Southern this and Southern that. And I said, well, you're not really paying attention. They have a diversity program. They actually mm. like they actually care about what their image is. It's interesting that yeah, like I said. Be, that's like the last sport. It's like the last sport that you would think that would be like so proactive. Like even the NFL, dude, that's like 75% black. They kick Great everything point. down the road. They can't. Well, well yep. we got a commission. We're going to look into it all. We're meeting with JD. We'll bring in radio here in a second and we'll continue this. What up, everybody? Game Time Decisions Radio. Welcome to the party. Welcome to my house. We're throwing it down with a raging redhead Cam Stewart. Lou's, you like that? Lou's going to join us. To my house. <laughs> I love your little jokes, Lou. buddy. I laugh at every. I told you, I'm Stop in a good back. mood today, Marenzi. I'm in a good mood. I told you, like, we got, I got bets coming out the yin yang. I, I hit a couple horses today. I'm, I'm staying positive. Sports is coming back. And now you bring up a really good point. Like, you'd think, like, NASCAR and the NHL would be, like, at the bottom of, uh, you know, the bottom of the list for guys. And actually, those are the leagues right now that are really being proactive. You talked about COVID-19 and the topsy-turvy world we're living in, but great point by you. All right. Uh, so for everybody uh, tuning in uh, right now, I'm Gabriel Brenson. We're throwing it down uh, with Cam uh, Stewart. See, Cam, the people that just joined us on the radio, though, don't know what I was just talking about a couple of minutes uh, ago. Good points. Uh, excellent point. Yeah, 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 yes. yeah, 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 exactly. It's, uh, I'm just going to clar- clarify that. So there's a NASCAR race. Uh, tonight, uh, we have a NASCAR race uh, tonight, and uh, the story isn't really about the race so much. It's about uh, their stance with the Confederate uh, flag, as NASCAR says no more Confederate flags on any of their properties uh, in their in their racetracks. Alabama, uh, right now, Alabama's uh, you know university is going through this uh, right now, where people want statues removed and you know plaques uh, removed. Marge Schott's name is on the stadium in uh, in Cincinnati. So, you know, I think we're going to start to see a lot of this. It's going to be a lot of a lot of changes uh, moving forward. Uh, but as far as NASCAR is concerned, NASCAR doesn't have to NASCAR doesn't have to do this in a sense. Like nobody expects anything from NASCAR. Yet NASCAR has always actually been they've actually been pretty 
pretty, you know, self self aware of what their image is and what they want it to be. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I've seen polls before and studies before. NASCAR have more black fans than, than hockey does. Like they, they yeah, do. I can like NASCAR, that. like the, from, from the television ratings, that like NASCAR, you know, it's racing, man. Well, you, you don't think like uh, brothers and Mexican dudes and Asians like to drive cars fast? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it's racing, it's universal. Uh, NASCAR gets that. And, uh, you know, very interesting that NASCAR steps up. Game Time Decision continues. Game Time Decisions continues on radio and uh, television and on uh, apps, mobile devices. We're on so many uh, platforms, Cam gets confused. Uh, Like I I said, it's air traffic control. It's like, uh, all right, all right, wait, wait, no, wait, wait, no, we're welcoming TV and uh, radio in now, but uh, everybody's uh, on board uh, for the party uh, right now. It's just there's different clocks. We're on like uh, hundreds of uh, different stations, guys, so there's different clocks, but uh, I am Renzi. We're throwing it down with Cam Stewart. Lou. Lou's going to step up. And, and now, listen, Lou uh, from Gamblue.com, he's been a regular uh, on our shows for years. And uh, he's been on the network uh, before. But uh, he hasn't been on uh, Game Time Decisions uh, in a little while. He's been kicking it on Morency Unfiltered that is oh, now yeah. Sports Rage Late Night. Even I, I can't keep up anymore, Cam. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're doing a pretty good job, though. You're living out of a hockey bag, and you still know your, your cues. I got to hand it to you. That's a guy that's been in the business for a while. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I hear cues, and I hear yeah. all. I hear all. Um, so, yeah, we got a NASCAR race tonight, and I'm actually uh, I'm liking a race tonight. Uh, I think too. we might. Uh, I think we might be on to something, you know. And as far as NASCAR, we'll get back to the um, we'll get back to the, the Confederate flag uh, angle of it. Although, let me just uh, throw this out there. Oh yeah, all the statues are coming down. Um, Jerry uh, Jerry Richardson, Richardson. Carolina yeah. Panthers. Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. coming down right now. Dude, in uh, in Ohio last night, they threw Columbus in the lake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, Christopher Columbus, and, pff, he gone. Yeah. Yeah. The best tweet I saw is, and Columbus took credit and uh, claims that he uh, he discovered that lake now. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's great. Uh, look, you got you to keep it a little humor here, right? Yeah, you, you got to have a little, uh, little got to have a little humor here, uh, but um, yeah, as far as NASCAR is concerned uh, here tonight, so Martinsville. Now, listen, the first few races when they came back, it wasn't the most exciting stuff, right? One of them was like rain shortened; they cut it like mm-hmm. twenty laps less. There was, you know, there was a couple of weird anticlimactic endings, you know, but it's starting to pick up a little bit, and it's not the driver's fault; it's kind of the track cap. We have these I tracks, agree. we call them co- the cookie cutters, right? Mm-hmm. The cookie cutters aren't really going to lead to excitement. Like, it's there's a lot of space for these guys. They can go three deep. They can do pretty much whatever the hell they want. And if they're going to hit someone, it's pretty much because they wanted to, right? Martinsville, though, buddy, tonight, 
This is the old, uh, if you like the expression, trading paint. These cars get beat up. Like it. It's like demolition derby style. Nice, small, short track. Everybody's condensed. <laughs> it's like this is where the driving comes in a little bit, right? A little bit more. You know, we talk about it like the guys with the best car, Cam. They're in the best spot. Dude, you're going 600 miles. Who's going to win? Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to exactly. win in a Pinto or you're going to win in a Ferrari? Like, who's got a better shot at getting there? And your cut <laughs> Pinto will blow like, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, my Cutlass was comfortable. It was like driving a couch. As for a Pinto, it'll blow up before you get through the first uh, lap. I'll tell you, you're absolutely right, though. Yeah, you don't know. Like, my childhood. <laughs> you had a Pinto? My childhood was so hard. Yeah, I'm not like, no, I just have a Pinto. I'm like Rodney Dangerfield. I'm not even exaggerating. My life was so hard when I was a kid. Not only did uh, my father only have a Pinto, we lived in the Pinto. Oh, it's not a comfortable car to live in. That's horrible. Not very no, spacious. It's not a comfortable car to live in, drive in, sit in. It's not a comfortable car to look in, look at. Yeah, it's a, it's those a things trap. used to. Those things were flammable. Oh, damn right. No, I knew. I had a neighbor who had a Pinto, and he, he told me, he goes, all oh, these cars, you know, I got to be careful. Yeah, he, he, he hit somebody. Bye-bye, Pinto. That's the thing. The thing catches fire. He's lucky to get out of the car. You're right. I don't know what the hell Ford was doing back then, but those Pintos, man. That, uh, it was the most dangerous car since the Canyon Arrow. Uh, which, <laughs> Canyon Arrow? The Canyon Arrow used to, yeah, the Canyon Arrow, you know, same thing. <laughs> might cause explosions at the end. Might cause explosions. Uh, Canyon Arrow. No. So, um, as far as this track is concerned, really, really fun stuff. It's going to be fun to watch if you like to watch these drivers bang and crash. And, like, I don't mean crash. Like, I'm not one of these guys. I don't tune in to car racing for crashes. I hate people no. that say that, actually. You know, when people that do that, these are the jerk-offs here. Those are the people that are screwing our bets over. Yeah, you know, the race point. is going fine. I don't need crashes. All right? It wipes my driver out. It causes chaos. I just like a nice, clean race. But I don't mind some bumping and trading paint. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it's very, like, bumper car-ish, uh, this track. And you get into the usual suspects, but you know what's amazing? And uh, you're going to see I'm on my A-game cam on the road here. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. What's amazing, the last 12 times they've raced here, 10 different guys, 10 wow. different winners. The last five, five different. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty crazy. So it's not like we can say, all right, this guy always wins there. Like you talked about Harvick in Atlanta. It was like, yeah. all right, this guy always wins there. Uh, but you know who's, uh, this is his home track. And uh, you know what? He's won here five times before in 28 starts. Um, and we know, yeah, we know he's running hot right now. I'm going to tell you one thing. I, I I made one bet, and I have him in every matchup bet. I'm I'm pounding Martin Truex Jr. in this race. He's my guy, Gabe. Ooh. Martin Truex Jr. Oh, wow. is my pick for Martinsville. That's I'm bold. all in. Oh, I love it. I, 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 I like Truex. Truex a lot. Truex, is, he's a cookie guy. He's a cookie cutter guy. The guy I'm talking about with five wins here and 28 starts, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin's so good. He's so yeah, nice Grand Slam breakfast at Denny's. Denny Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, it's too expensive these days. I used to get the Grand Slam for like four ninety nine. I'm dropping twenty bucks. So no, no, no. Yeah, I, you're, I you're, you're just you're just cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We could do better. No. They really fleece it. You go to, and you go to those tourist spots too. You they know, really fleece you, know you at the Denny's. Cheap. You yep. know you're cheap when you're complaining about the price at Denny's. 
Their prices, <laughs> what, a moon's over Miami for $14.99? It used to be like, say, come no, no, on, no, no, Gabe. No, no, listen. I know diners. I know, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with mm-hmm. you. <laughs> okay. Cabs. Dude, this is a TV show in its own right, bro. Like, I'm just, I'm full of so many good ideas. Like, uh, if I, I would have a show, uh, we're going to send you to, like, Switzerland. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. It'd sort of be like Anthony Bourdain's travels. You can get yep. drunk and you can travel around. Hey, everyone, I'm Cam Stewart. We're in Luxembourg tonight. And it would be great. You go shopping. You know what I mean? Like, we give you, all right, Cam's got, you got 500 bucks for the weekend, Cam. You get the free trip there. You got 500 for the weekend. I just love to see the look on your face with, like, the prices. Uh, I'm surprised you, Gabe. I went on a cruise before, and I went to Portugal. I I find them everywhere. Portugal? Portugal is not an expensive country. Uh, I'm just telling you, I got value. Every country I step in, even when I went to Europe, I know where to go, buddy. It's one of those things I I can sniff out the deals. Don't worry. You'd be surprised. Okay, I'm willing to accept your challenge. I don't care if it's, you know what I mean? Pounds? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There are You can't haggle with the jeweler in Sweden. Or in Switzerland, yeah, it doesn't work Sweden. that way. Yeah, it's it's tough. I I, I only know English and a little bit French. I, I don't know Swedish. It's not my third language. No. But anyway, I'm going to tell you, Marinci, you're going to bet against me, and that's a big mistake. When it comes to food and prices, I will find a way to make it work, and I will get value in any damn country in the world. You mark my words. No, no. You'd end up homeless living on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 3.6 in the last five, Gabe. I don't care if he's cookie cutter. He's hovering around the top. Last five races, the guy's on fire. Very, very close. Close. Cam's getting defensive early in the show here. I'm coming at him. You're coming hard. No, I'm just... Are you stating that you're not not prudent? What's the word we're looking for? Oh, I'm tight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm tight. But then again, I'm like owning Mahoney, Gabe. No, I'll no, spend no, I'll spend a thousand yeah, yeah, on exactly. a bet, but I'll save money on a chicken. Like that's uh, yeah, I'm a weirdo. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You're right. I'm tight. There's no denying it. <laughs> so Cam, Cam's are not yes. Martin Truex uh, Jr. I'm on Denny mm-hmm. Hamlin. I'm on Denny I Hamlin. Like Hamlin. And you know what? I like Brad Keselowski as well. He's uh, you know Keselowski. These guys they've been running this horsepower cab, 750. And in this package, these guys have been killing it. Uh, I see no reason to go away from it. I'm feeling Denny Hamlin tonight. We'll get you the numbers from FanDuel. Lou's going to step up and in. We got an update uh, for some of you. Get on the grid. Hey, guys, Cam Stewart, their Sports Grid News and Betting Update. You want the capping edge? Get on the grid. The NFL and NFLPA discussing the possibility of a shortened preseason due to COVID-19. Executives from multiple teams believe the exhibition slate will be cut in half from four to two games. Under the new format, medical experts would have more time to finalize game day protocols for testing, equipment handling, locker room setups, and a whole lot more. The NFL is also on track to move to a three-game preseason docket in 2021 when the new collective bargaining agreement takes effect. The Carolina Panthers have relocated 
located a statue of founder and former owner Jerry Richardson today. Richardson was pressured into selling the Panthers after accused of racing, racial slurs and using uh, sexually harassing female employees, too. Major League Soccer confirming today it will indeed return on July 8th with all 26 clubs involved in a 54-match tourney at Walt Disney World in Florida. The tournament will end August 11, at which point the regular season will resume and all the group stages matches from the tournament will count for points in the 2020 standings. During the group stage, there's going to be three matches played per day, games at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. and 10.30. The draw for the competition, dubbed the MLS is back tournament, held this Thursday at 3.30. NASCAR, we talked about banning the Confederate flag from all future events and uh, organizations. They, they announced that today. Bubba Wallace will debut the number 43 Black, Black Lives Matter Chevy at Martinsville tonight. Brian Blaney holds down the pole for the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500. FanDuel has Kyle Busch, the favorite right now, plus 470. Race time, we're very, very close, just over a half an hour away. An effort to make law enforcement more accountable in the U.S., the Players Coalition has gathered 1,400 signatures from current and retired athletes supporting a bill to end qualified immunity. This from ESPN. Qualified immunity is a legal doctrine that makes it difficult to take legal action against police officers and government officials for their contact. A high-profile guys on the list from the NFL, NBA, and MLB all signing the documents. Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Alex Bregman, CeCe Sabathia, Steve Kerr, and Greg Popovich. Longtime sports broadcaster Kevin Harlan says he and his on-air TV partners will not be present when the NBA resumes July 31st in Orlando. The TNT crew will be calling the games from Atlanta. College football, Reggie Bush has been welcomed back by USC after ending its tenure disassociation with him stemming from past NCAA violations. Since the beginning of the dissociation, Bush had only stepped onto the USC campus as a Fox football broadcaster. He forfeited the 2005 Heisman Trophy after the NCAA found he and his family accepted improper benefits while a running back with the Trojans. Great news for golf fans. The PGA Tour passed its first test today with flying colors. Tour commissioner Jay Monahan revealed every caddy and player participating in Thursday's Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial has tested negative for COVID-19. The 148-man field and all caddies had their nasal swab before entering the grounds of the Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. Rory McIlroy, the betting favorite, at 8-1 to on FanDuel. I'm Cam Stewart, and that's your sports update. Now back to Gabe Morenci on Game Time Decisions. Get on the grid, everybody. Continues. I am Gabriel Brett, so we're throwing it down with the raging redhead, uh, Cam Stewart, and I might have been busting Cam's balls uh, earlier. Uh, but uh, now we're going to pat him on the back and say, great, uh, great update. Best updates uh, in the business. Uh, it's too bad those sons, those sons of bitches that uh, those and those guys at the Emmy headquarters still haven't recognized our show after 18 years. <laughs> um, yeah, you figure, you figure. Figure they would after like this long, but I, I guess not. Like, no, so you know what? Never. Uh, you, you didn't get an Emmy. You got a Ferrelli there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ferrelli award winner. Now, uh, I, I nominate uh, Cam Stewart. Best updates. Uh, Ferrelli. I'll take anything. All right. Thank you, Gabe. Let's bring in uh, one of our best guests, Lou, uh, right Lou. now, who's normally in Phoenix, uh, but I think he's going to uh, Las Vegas uh, right now. Um, Lou steps up and in. What's going on, Lou? Not too much, Gabriel. I'm actually uh, just packing, getting ready. I leave, uh, you know, before the crack of dawn tomorrow while it's still, you know, in the 70s and cool. So what did, what did you figure? You haven't gotten coronavirus in Arizona yet, so you're going to go gamble and try to get it in Vegas now? I'm sorry. This guy's the best. It's, yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's funny how the different 
parts of the country view it. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't see any anything about it or of it here. And uh, I'm going to Vegas because it's time. Uh, I was there in late in early March. In fact, the week before they shut down, I was there. And honestly, uh, I haven't had my uh, test yet, but uh, I, I'm I'm convinced that I did get this in late January. Um, so I'm less inhibited by moving around. I'm driving to Vegas. I'm not flying, and uh, I, I'm convinced that the accommodations are safe. And uh, you know. I'm not. I, I don't go to the strip. I don't go to the party life. I I'm up at five in the morning and I you know go get donuts for the staff at Vison and I drink coffee and do my work. And at five in the morning in Las Vegas, everybody's practicing social distance because there ain't nobody up. Lou, if it's not listen, Lou, I can't. I'm not calling you out. I've I've been on multiple planes in the last couple of weeks. You'll be staying in a nicer hotel than me. There won't be drifters that look like Rambo with, like, uh, hunting knives and stuff like that with backpacks outside the door at uh, 3 a.m. So, listen, I'm not, I'm not judging. Uh, I'm not judging uh, Lou uh, right now. Uh, but uh, we've got the UFC uh, in Vegas. People, I tell you what, people, Lou, are really enjoying in camp. But I'll throw it to you here, Lou. People are really enjoying the 25-foot uh, cage. People want that moving forward. Just because it's lending itself to uh, to the action uh, that it is, you know the old uh, the old days too. Uh, um, WEC uh, used to uh, have the, the smaller octagon as well, smaller cage, I should state. Uh, but nevertheless, let's get into this uh, fight card, uh, Lou. I did uh, I did some picks already, so there's no turning back for me. So now I just sort of hope. I'm like, I hope Lou's on the same side here. And I hope Lou doesn't say, like, the complete opposite of what I've already said to make me look like an idiot. Uh, but let's start off with the main event here, which, is you know, it's a, it's a real toss-up of a fight. And, you know, the odds uh, dictate that. Let's go to the official sportsbook of Game Time Decisions and get the updated number at FanDuel uh, right now for, for the main event. But I'll just cut to the chase. I'm on Cynthia Calvillo here. I think, she's a, I think Jessica I is a good fighter, but has already peaked. You know, I don't think she's gotten better. I don't think she is better. I think she is just who she is. And I think Cynthia Calvillo can sort of be something special, right? She's got the potential to really take this to the next level. Weight cut, weight issues were an issue before. Now she doesn't have to worry about that. I think she's a better all-around fighter. I like it. I just like the dynamic that Calvillo brings to this fight. It's not the lock of the century, but it's the main event. So there's my take on it. And, oh, yeah, she moved from alpha male you know, I know she fought to the draw last time. It wasn't great, but you know, I think she's going to be even more comfortable uh, right now. And I think she grinds her way to a victory here, Lou. Lou, your take. Uh, Jessica I, minus 116. Cynthia Cavillo, minus 106. I think it's uh, an intriguing fight. The first thing that jumps out of me is that Jessica I fought previously at uh, 35. And since dropping down to 25, she's looked very impressive uh, and has a win over Shukagian uh, that people have recently viewed. Uh, she's going to have two inches of height, two inches of reach, a, an inch of leg reach against Calvillo. And Calvillo is a gal that couldn't make weight at 115, moving up to 125. So you got a small girl in Calvillo moving up. 
and a big girl who's used to bigger, stronger gals moving down. To me, it spells bad night for Calvillo. I'll take Jessica I minus 110 right now. All right, Lou's, uh, Lou's got his eye there on Jessica. There he came out swinging. <laughs> Told you. Lou's got his eye on Jessica. Yes, he does. I That's got a my pretty eye good, on That's a pretty eye. good pun right there. Yeah, yeah you, got, <laughs> you got your eye on the eye. Um, you know what? It's a good, I, I get where you're going uh, with that. I just think Jessica, I don't know, I'm thinking of a, ma- a male fighter to sort of compare her to. You know, the, the Chukagian win, that's what scared me a little bit, Lou. I was like, I got to give credit to that. But to be honest, Chukagian, she, she's got a lot better quickly. Have you noticed that about her? She wasn't like that, that good her. a couple she's of years girl. ago. Yeah, yeah, friends uh, with uh, Michelle Serpico, actually. They're buddies. Uh, you know, she's, awesome. she's really improved. Like <laughs> Go on, Lou. I'm sorry, guys. Um, the other thing I like is the fact that I've got 21 professional fights to Calvillo's 10. I, 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 I don't see why this is pick, a pick. Um, that said, I'm going to give Calvillo surely the, uh, the, uh, the grappling wrestling advantage. She's going to be better be in shape to go a full four. The AKA uh, change probably fits her. She's maybe the more well-rounded fighter. Uh, I just think that the smaller wrestler, uh, in order to have advantage against a striker, I'd rather the wrestler be the bigger person moving down than the smaller person moving up because I think it's going to translate to a more difficult time trying to get the larger woman to the mat. All right, Lou. So let's let's get into another fight that people are really looking forward to here in Vittori and, uh, and, uh, and Roberson. Robertson, so, um, uh, Vittori and Roberson. So the number has really gone up. It was like minus one eighty-eight earlier in the week at Fanduel, sitting right mm-hmm. now at two thirty. This is the one, Cam. If you read every preview, people are like, "Oh, he's going to smash him." And for you know, UFC fans, we don't need to tell you guys. These guys were supposed to fight a couple of times. They were going to fight the first time in Jacksonville, or the you know, it's fallen through twice. But you remember when it came back the first time from the pandemic, and they were fighting in Jacksonville. Um, uh, Vittori wanted to fight in the in the hotel lobby. Oh, hotel, uh, that's right. Let's yeah, do yeah, it because, now. <laughs> yeah, because Carl Carl missed weight, and then Vittori said after, "Hey, I don't care. I'll fight anyways." And then he said, "Oh, but I'm not feeling well either." And that's when he was like, "You know what, dude? Yeah, this is too much." And he tried to get him in the lobby. So there is bad blood, but sometimes, Lou, you know, does it concern you a that the the, the number is just skyrocketing? I don't know if you've already bet it, Lou. That the number skyrocketed. B that it's such a trendy pick right now that everybody just assumes that he's going to smash him. And 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 C, it's always dangerous, man, when a fighter is too emotional and fights on emotion too much, which could be a trap. Is this turning into a trap? This Vittori fight. That's surely what I'll be trying to focus on between uh, today's uh, interviews media scrum interviews and and uh, the remainder of the week. I think you bring up great points, and I'll agree. I, I think Vittori is probably the more well-rounded, more complete fighter. He's been in there with better. Uh, he is a guy that uh, wins 62% of his fights. Uh, 62% of his victories have come via the submission, and he's in there against a guy in Roberson who has 53% takedown defense. So, as as I really try, I'm yearning. I'm 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 
I'm turning. I'm dying to bet Roberson. I really am. Yeah. I want to like him. I like the fact that these are two southpaws. And I think the biggest thing that you mentioned that has to be discussed is, in fact, emotion. And over-emotion can lend to fighters gassing, gripping, tightening up too much. And you're talking about uh, an Italian, and and when you talk about Italians, to say emotional Italian, you're probably being redundant. So Vittori's going to definitely have to control his emotion. If I'm Roberson... I'm going to be the smuggest SOB in the whole world, and I'm going to be poking that lion with a stick and trying to get him to vomit on me. Uh, Roberson is a, is a pretty deaf submission artist. He averages 3.16 strikes a minute, and he only gets hit with 1.8. Real good defense. Vittori, he, he is a, a high striker, 3.75 strikes a minute, gets hit three times. So his defense is a little less, but he's probably a little more structured and uh, been in there with better. So it sets up for a great fight. Now let's just say that three fights ago, when these guys first were scheduled to fight, this fight opens Vittori minus 150. Now, as you just state, Gabriel, you're looking yep, at way yep. over the two somethings. When Roberson gets to plus two hundred or better, and whether that's after the weigh-ins or on fight day, it's going to be very, very difficult for me not to play him. That's the thing, Cam. You've seen it before, buddy. When you know yep. everybody's on one side, he's on like, one oh, side. He's going to kill yep. him. He's going to kill him. Like Lou said, these guys were supposed to fight four weeks ago. It was minus one fifty. What's changed mm-hmm. between now and that? Besides, one Nothing. guy is a hothead Italian that tried to that tried to kill him in the in the lobby, and everyone saw it. And he's been talking smack, and oh, he's going to kill him. And the number just keeps going up and up. It just feels like we're walking into a trap. It's like an ambush. We're walking into a Motel Six, and we're about to get like a, a lamp on the back of the skull. Bash, bam. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't worry, you're staying in a nice place. Hang in here. We'll get we'll have Lou on the other side here. Uh, game time decisions uh, continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down with the Rage Redhead Cam Stewart. Lou is uh, kind enough to join us from Arizona before his trek to uh, Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Shout out to our crew uh, right now. Uh, Yang's in his zone early, but we're, we're basically, we're like two and a third day here. Yang's like a pitcher at Yankee yeah. Stadium. The ball, you know, the game's off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing you know, it could be 6-1, right? So, um you know, so far so good, but uh, you're doing a great job. And uh, shout out to our boy, uh, shout out to our boy Ranieri. Uh, like I said, we got producers all over the place. It really is unbelievable. I can't forget about Metal Matt in the Metal Bunker, uh, right? Yes. Now. Shout out to our boy uh, Metal Matt. I don't know what it is Metal Matt does on the show, but I think he's part of the team. <laughs> so somebody inform me. <laughs> 
okay. So he's, he's the camera. Oh, camera switch. Right, sorry, oh, okay, great perfect. Job. No, okay, great job. Yeah, he is. He's, he's no, good. Yeah, on really that. is. You're doing a great job, Matt. Uh, hey, Matt. Uh, hi, Matt. Doing a great job. All right, let's bring in uh, Lou once again. Good, great job. Uh, great job, Matt, my main man. <laughs> You're really greasing the wheels there, Marenzi. Uh, I know. We, we, go, we give it, but we take it. All right. Lou yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, with us. Throwing it down with Lou. We were talking about uh, Vittori. Yeah, guys, it just feels like that Monday night football game that every Johnny Jackass loves it, Cam and Lou. Lou, oh, yeah. this is the parlay playing puke special. I'm telling you, man. I can already smell the vomit. <laughs> well, it, I'll tell you what. Uh it really matches up. I, I really target that uh, I try and beat the pinnacle opening line, and I really try and target plus 100 to plus 195. And Roberson sits smack dab in the middle of that requirement, and that's why I'm forced to look at him. He opened 170 for this fight again when it was reannounced. But like I say, I'm considering it really a 150 opener because they've been postponed so much. So uh, I'm just I'm going to bide my time. I want to watch the way, and let's not forget, Roberson uh, missed weight three weeks ago for this thing. So that'll be a big concern if he can get on the scale and get off at 186, and we get a fight. Uh, you know, then everything changes. You know, Cam, uh, it is a very chalky card. So Lou, you love the underdog. Big time. If is there a dog? I you know I did a preview. I was looking. I didn't. The underdogs weren't jumping off the screen at me. I got to be honest. In the early fights, you know, Anthony Ivy was called up last week. He was ready to go against Heinish, and uh, you know we cashed with Heinish, so he was ready to go against. Mm-hmm. He- Yeah, uh, we'll get uh, back to Morency there with the technical difficulties. Yeah, Lou, when I'm looking at this card, you know, I see a lot of chalk, and I got to ask you, and I'm like the same as you, Lou. I'm always looking for a dog. Uh, you know, Borg is plus 300, but I'm going to pass right there. Uh, the fight I want to ask you about, which is probably pr- the closest, give me a breakdown of Espinosa. He's laying 60 cents on FanDuel versus Mark uh, De La Rosa in that fight, getting uh, 130, Lou. What do you think about this one? When you really break it down, it's one of the ones that's actually kind of reasonable. Everything else, it seems like it's almost like $2 or more. What's your take on uh, on on this bout, uh, Lou? It seems like, uh, is the dog worthy of a look in De La Rosa? I really think he is, Cam. And, and I agree with you and Gabriel that this card, really, I, 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 I'm working hard to try and find uh, underdogs that have enough pedigree, enough experience, and a decent enough matchup to side with here. And it's like uh, pulling hair. And Uncle Louie don't have extra hair to be pulling. So uh, <laughs> I, I like the fact you tune in to De La Rosa. Both of these guys, De La Rosa lost his last three. Espinosa lost his last two. And Espinosa is going to have some reach advantage over De La Rosa. But De La Rosa's five years younger uh, Espinosa moving up to 35. He's fought previously at 25. And uh, when I look at this, uh, De La Rosa, has, in his victories, he's 91% sub or decision. Okay, And these are smaller guys fighting at 135 pounds, so we know these go to decision. Uh, uh, consequently, 86% of Espinosa's fights go sub or decision. So we're going to see somebody get submitted or this thing's going to go the full 15. 
the thing that I tune into is on the feet, uh, each of these guys is inept. Espinoza lands 2.85 strikes a minute, gives up double that, 5.6. De La Rosa's not as bad. He lands three and a quarter, but he gives up four and a quarter. So both these guys want to go down to the ground. Uh, I think De La Rosa has a little bit more aptitude on the ground, and, and I'm going to give him the advantage there. And I do believe, even though he's got a little bit less reach, he's not the smaller kid. Uh, both guys are desperate, and if it, if this fight wasn't on this card, I'd never be talking about it. But I do think De La Rosa <laughs> uh, is, is live, and I think he, and he also fits my, uh, my pedigree of being plus 100 to plus 195. And growing. That's the one underdog that caught my eye, too. That's the one underdog that I gave uh, for the FanDuel videos uh, that I did with De La Rosa. He can't lose four fights in a row. You know, he's still, you know, his career's not done. He's only in his mid-20s, 25, 26 uh, years old. But I think it's a winnable fight, Lou. I don't want to just repeat everything Lou said, but he broke it down eloquently right there. Um, as I got cut off, I was just talking about, um, I was talking about Ivy, Anthony Ivy. And mm -hmm. um, how he was ready last week because one of Heinish's uh, cornermen had the, uh, he tested positive, but it was a false uh, positive. So Heinish was in, he was out, and then he was back in, of course. I actually like that fact, though, that the guy was there. He's been in Vegas. He was sort of ready to fight. You know, he didn't really know, but he's had all week to sort of, you know, all right, let's just do this thing. As opposed to, I'm sure the nerves were going a little bit last week. But former Fury champion, he's won a couple of regional uh, belts um, uh, before, um, good wrestler, uh, as well. And this and they you know, the price is minus 188 right now, uh, Lou. That's the early one. And Jordan Griffin, another one as well. And just for the record, guys, if you remember last week when I said I don't really like any of these underdogs, except maybe the Clark one, because everyone uh, is going to be on his Minifield guy and they're overhyping him. What happened? Clark won plus 184, baby. Uh, but. Uh, when I, I look at those early fights, Lou, do you like any of those dogs? I think Ivy and I think Jordan Griffin, I think they're both going to succeed in getting their guys to the ground and finish them. Uh, I, I, I wish I knew a little bit more about Ivy and Aguilera, to be quite honest with you. Um, I know Ivy has been impressive where he's fought, but just one look at Aguilera, uh, you know, he, he looks like one tough, SOB. Uh, the interesting thing here is that last week, Anthony Ivey was going to fight at 185. He's taken this fight at 170. So let's see how he looks on the scale. Uh, he's going to be five inches taller than Aguilera, and he's going to have three inches of reach. So he's going to have some physical advantages should this stay on the feet. Uh, this, is a, this is a due diligence fight for me because I, I really don't want to BS. I don't know enough about either of these two fighters, but I will after this fight. Uh, Lou Gamble uh, with us. All right. What other? What other interesting? Uh, what other? We we have uh, Andre Feely and Charles Air Jordan, <laughs> the old Air Jordan, uh, Jordan Espinosa and Mark De La Rosa. Um, Charles Rosa's back again. It's the one thing too. Dana White can pat himself on the back for putting these cards together all he wants, but. I'm going to pat the fighters on the back for stepping up and, and fighting like multiple times and in this short span. Unbelievable. So give these guys credit. But Charles Rose is back. He's against Kevin Aguilar. Uh, what, what, what do you like, uh, Lou, on this card? Uh, what sticks out to you? 
When I went into the Aguilar Rosa fight, I really went into it wanting to think that Aguilar is going to be uh, in a really good position. Uh, yeah, he's got some. Uh, he's got four inches of arm reach, but he's he's two inches taller. So, or excuse me, shorter. So he he's shorter and has reach. Doesn't no real ad, ad, advantages there. Eighty six percent takedown defense, and Rosa really wants this. You know, on the on the ground, he's moving up to one fifty five from one forty five. So again, a, a lot of things to think about with these with these weight changes and these guys taking short notice fights and, and, uh, and moving up, I, I want to regard Rosa as live. I'm forced to. And, and, and for some reason, when I went to handicap Aguilar, sometimes you go in thinking I'm going to come out liking Aguilar. After I did my research, I come out liking Rosa. So he, he could be, he could be, maybe I do a Rosa, Mark Della Rosa and I put a half a unit or a unit on each, and if I can split, I'll win a little money and consider myself lucky. I, I really view this card as a card where I'm going to probably take two or three shots and and go conservative and wait for a more bettable card. I'll also say, as much heat as I always give the parley playing pukes, listen to this one, people. First of all. <laughs> Davashili going to run through Borg like poop through a goose. Borg's moving up to 35, can't make weight at 25, and Davashili is the Tasmanian devil. So I'll take Davashili, and I'm going to put him with touchy-feely, and then I'm going to tie it to I, a little three-team fight parlay that'll pay pretty handsomely because if you can get to I, you can get paid. <laughs> and you're gonna get wow. <laughs> a little a little touchy feely. Oh, Lou, you're on fire, buddy. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, 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 you yeah, guys, we're, we're you getting... guys, and you guys bring it out of me and that great crew that you got out there in New York. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 uh, we appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate, it. man. We're getting some graphic descriptions. Uh, we apologize to everyone yeah. eating dinner. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, I got to say, though, I think it's the first time the word poop has ever been uh, used on this show uh, before, to be honest. With a goose. <laughs> yeah, poop through a goose. <laughs> That's very, very Sorry good. about that. Poop, poop, oh, I love it. Goose. More, I, more. I, I, uh, we, we, no, no, no. No apologies. Uh, Ness, trust me, Lou. You should tune into the late night show. Much worse yeah. is said. All right. <laughs> <laughs> much, much worse. Much worse uh, is said. You know, one thing about this card, though, guys. Is no, is it a star laden uh, card's household name? No, mm-hmm. uh, but we all know we've been down this road before. And if you don't know it, then don't watch the sport. That who knows how the card's going to be. The no name cards always turn out to be the funnest ones, and you're going to have a couple epic fights. And you know, you don't know that's it. They're like trades. I always talk, they're like sports trades. You can't judge them right away, you got to wait and see how it turns out. Um, uh, but the people that are critical. Of the card. And, oh, how are Cynthia Cavillo and Jessica High uh, a main event? And, oh, look at this card. It's like, guys, four weeks ago, you guys were all betting on, like, eSports and Madden football games. Yeah. Now you're complaining that the card isn't good. They're giving you the they're giving you a fight card every week. All right? John Jones can't fight every week. All right? They're in the middle of a pandemic, people. Like, let's just appreciate the cards that they're putting out. So I salute all the fighters on these cards, whether your household names or not. You're laying your heart out on the line in the middle of a pandemic. It's not easy to fight two times in three, four weeks like this, like these fighters are doing different weight classes and stuff. So, uh, you know what? 
I, you know, there's a lot of things to be critical of the UFC about. You know, this fight card is not one of them, in my opinion. Lou, your take before we get you out of here. Complete agreement. Listen, Sean Shelby and the crew at UFC, they make the fight cards. You got a problem, go talk to them. I bet into them. And I'm so happy to be working. If you don't like handicapping the UFC, why don't you go try baseball? Lou throws a fastball on the way out. That's a mic drop right there. He don't gone. even let him say anything else. That's the mic drop right there. It's like mm-hmm. it stands out. You got to leave on a high note. Game time decisions continues. <laughs> All right, the first hour of the program has absolutely uh, flown by. Great job, uh, great job by the crew uh, so far. So let's say, for those of you, and listen, most of our listeners and uh, viewers have been uh, along for the ride for a long time, so you know the rules, you know how we do it. Uh, but we basically have a um, our, our performance scorecard uh, for our team is put in baseball terms. Uh, essentially, yes. like our, you know, our guy in master control, Yang, he's the pitcher. He's the pitcher. So basically, drop call. You know, that's a, it's it's a double. Depends on my mood. I'm the scorekeeper. <laughs> Cam Cam's a nicer scorekeeper. Cam's like the scorekeeper on the weekend when I'm not in. And Cam's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, no, no, that's an error. That's not on the pitcher. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's that's a two run double, like on the pitcher, right? But I got to say, between metal mat. And Yang, you guys are like, uh, I'm going to say you're five innings of scoreless baseball. It's been a yes. couple of singles. And uh, you know what? Me, I'll take, uh, I'll, I dropped a fly ball you know, with, uh, well, I didn't drop. I'm going to blame uh, Apple and uh, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Don't blame me. Uh, but that's, yeah. that's besides uh, the point. I got to say, though, you guys are like halfway through, but I don't want to see you in the dugout right now drinking beer already. Like, no, the game's not no, over no, yet. no. That was nope. the problem with Joe Ranieri and his buddies at Oklahoma State. Too much beer. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, uh, Cam, uh, what was the uh, what was the in between uh, commercial break snack tonight? Man, you can't no, even go fun. like two minutes. I heard the microwave. I hear everything. I my ear. I can, I'm three thousand miles away from you. I'm like, was it beef patty tonight? What'd you put? Hot dog. Uh, I got a new one, Gabe. I cooked up some chops last night on the grill, just uh, fired up a chop and uh, just took a big nugget out of there. Yeah, just a nice pork chop in between. You uh, just throw a pork chop in a microwave in between. So if anyone's wondering what we do, I can't legally tell you what I do during breaks. Uh, but uh, Cam, Cam's throwing pork chops in microwave. Like I can hear Cam, like, you know, get on the grid. 